0: Hey now welcome to the dirty side of the track america's leading formula one podcast i'm brian that's rob we are so excited because in one week it's canada oh boy rob but tell me how excited you are on a scale of one to a Oh,
1: okay that's a big scale definitely yeah. i mean whatever you gave me is the upper boundary on that so a hundred so no,
0: that's that's just, low i'm 4762
1: you can't be if you give a boundary brian come on um but i can't believe it you, we were just saying before we came on air it's like one week today we'll be we'll be waiting for the race to or it may have even begun. If it begins at three Eastern, then literally we're five minutes into the race right now. I can't get my head around that that we're gonna be sat there watching 3 cars go past.
0: I can't either. You know I mean?
1: oh. Gotta hit the elephant in the room a little bit, and, and I and I've got no way of saying this without sounding like the biggest, most selfish schmuck on the world, but you know, I'm willing to take this is that obviously earlier in the week, um anyone watching uh will have seen all the smoke impacting uh, the U.S. Nobody would have seen pictures of Connecticut because no one cares about Connecticut, but you probably saw the New York kind of uh, apocalyptic haze from all the wildfires. And there was stories going around that, you know, the Canadian GP could be at risk after we lost Imola to a flood and then will we lose the Canadian one to smoke? And I was like, I know that the fires will not have a chance of being out by next week because they're out of control in the areas that they're burning. But I know that they were trying to use any resources they could from preventing them spreading towards densely populated areas. So I'm kind of like, I know there's a whole bunch of people going through a whole bunch of pain with lots and lots of fire and smoke going on at the moment. Please don't let them cancel the race. That's, and I know how selfish that sounds, and I apologize deeply profusely, but I'm so excited. I can't yeah, what a for jerk you are. I never I, thought that at all. I didn't I, think
0: that for a minute, you big jerk.
1: Uh, but yeah, I mean... I mean, did I send you a
0: bunch of WhatsApps freaking out, like talking about the weather patterns and what was going to happen? Have
1: we both been on satellite uh,
0: watches looking at smoke patterns in the upper atmosphere? (laughs) Yeah, I'm now a licensed expert from satellite weather pattern technology recognition.
1: But yeah, so yeah, like you say, you know, Thursday night, uh, it's going to be like Christmas again for me anyway. I'm not going to sleep, I don't think, um, because Friday morning I'm going to be up road trip in my way up to montreal to meet you at the airport potentially and then head over to the track
0: yeah it's i'd like to just say one thing now we do have some news and some social stuff to hit here and we will give a canada preview but just acknowledge i'd like to acknowledge one thing as well today and next week especially our canada review is going to be incredibly self-indulgent so just apologies in that regard as well you've hopefully listened to other episodes and heard that we are doing our best from a fan's perspective to talk about F1. But this one is really fans going to a race for the first time freaking out. But all right, let's do some news, Rob. What do you say?
1: Yeah, let's get on with it. Let's uh, try and stick to the format as much as possible um, without mentioning Canada too many times, but <laughs> we just, just did it already. Uh, okay, so um, James Key uh, is set to join Alpha Romeo Sauber. Uh, as a uh, technical director, uh, after just being thrown out of McLaren for doing exactly the same role. Um, I think you found a, a, a kind of a tweet from uh, Lawrence Beretta on this that kind of, I was glad you found this because it was basically summing up the fact that he must be good at his job, despite the fact he's basically got kicked out. You wouldn't give him the role if. Uh, if he wasn't. A lot of people talk, talk highly of him, even if that McLaren right. isn't the best thing in the yep. world right now. Well,
0: he'd he'd had a very successful stint with Sauber previously, and with uh, Andreas Seidel there, uh, thinks it strengthens the operation ahead of Audi's arrival in 26. So, to Lawrence, it was a move that made sense. So it was good to see that uh, kind of perspective. But uh, yeah, you know, good on good on Alfa Romeo. And then I saw an article from. A journal that did not translate to English. So I was doing my best to read this in a language. I'm not even sure what it was. But the headline is, and again, I this one very well could be straight over the rumor mill, so we'll get a little bit of... Formula One says that starting in 2024, Spa and Zandvoort will alternate years going forward. God, I hope that's fake. I hope that doesn't come to fruition.
1: Okay. I do an idea don't because can we have our cake and eat it me and you have both said that you can't just keep adding races to the calendar there has right. to be like even Agreed. 24 just feels too many right yeah, however yeah. there's way more than 24 racetracks that probably we want to see cars going around so do we have to get to a point where it becomes a a rotor a kind of a one year on one year off for some of the tracks but there's this little asterisk against that but i think we all want to kind of go yeah, yeah yeah you can have one year on one year off Apart from these that we'd really
0: like to see every year. The ones (laughs) that are protected. When we talked about how we'd fix F1, we had certain tracks that said we're untouchable. Spa is untouchable. I'm sorry. It it, it is. And I know that sounds hypocritical, that we want to keep
1: certain ones and and, uh, rotate the others. But I mean, we're both parents.
0: We have favorite kids. (laughs) (laughs) Just kidding. Just kidding.
1: Oh, man. Um, I saw as well that um, Charles Leclerc uh, auctioned off the helmet that he wore at the Monaco Grand Prix. Um and it sold. Well, it says it sold for a record. Now I can't believe it's a record of any auction ever. It must be in a record of uh, F1 helmets being sold. It's got to be right. I mean, maybe. Um, I would went, think Shumi
0: well, might have had some helmets recently. I don't but... know.
1: I mean, I I, know, I, know. I didn't dig into the record itself, but it's three hundred and six thousand euros, which is two hundred and sixty-two thousand seven hundred pounds, which what at one point four exchange rate is like knocking on the door of three hundred thousand dollars. I think so. You know, quite. Quite a lot, and it's all getting donated to flood victims That's in Italy, great. which is a nice
0: touch. That so, is great, uh, especially when people like you don't care about them; you just want the races.
1: Flooding, I'm fine with. You know, I'm all for that smoke. You know, we <laughs> just just wear a mask.
0: Oh man!
1: Uh, and then um Susie Wolf, um, she's heading up the uh, F1 Academy, the the women's series, but they're also looking to spearhead uh, a new um kind of uh, initiative to get younger uh, women and girls getting into the sports So. They're going to be launching a campaign aimed at giving eight 12-year-old girls a sort of first step into the motorsport ladder, which I think is perfect. because That's so cool. It is, because if you just launch the um, – like there was, a, there was a clip going around on Twitter earlier this week, of, and this won't mean anything to you, Brian, but there was a kind of a magazine show when I was a kid on TV called Blue Peter, where they got <laughs> – just stupid i just don't even worry about it but anyway it was a radio controlled it was a radio controlled race car track with all these little radio control cars rc cars going around and who was the winner on that episode of controlling his little car as a dinky little seven-year-old lewis hamilton so um you know kids getting into motorsport at a young age kind of have those kind of that kind of footpath ahead of them, especially if they're males, right? Whereas here we go with F1 Academy to give women a shot in. It needs something like this to then any little girl that looks up to one of the F1 Academy races is, oh, I wonder how I'll get into that. If, right. if they can create this kind of initiative to bring them in as well, that'll be awesome.
0: I totally agree. Can I, can I shift gears for one second, but stay on the idea of, of women in motorsport? Uh, Le Mans. So I know you're not a 24 hours of Le Mans guy, right? Is that vaguely, loosely you haven't it's, been bitten it's pretty by the accurate bug to
1: say i haven't been bitten by the bug i've okay. I've tried it many many years down there uh, along the way and i just didn't bother this year because I, I just don't get it i know it's brilliant and loads of people love it it's just it doesn't float my boat let's leave it at that
0: yeah so well, well i'll leave you at that and then i'll say i've tried it before as well and it never really stuck and i don't know why i watched this enthralled it was an epic motorsport event the amount of drama and battles at the front and at the middles of the packs of the different cars I, I, the categories I loved it and then the rain came and then the nightfall came and then it rained at night and there were uh, Rob <laughs> I I could not have enjoyed this anymore I stayed up I watched it and the reason I highlight this is I liked it very quickly and I know so everyone who was saw any tweets from our account about Le Mans, it was me um I just got a highlight so first of all in the hypercar division, big ups to Ferrari, uh, the A of Corsa. It was uh, Pierre guidi James Calado, and Antonio giovanazzi Italian Jesus, uh, Racing Jesus. He he did it. He has no hair though. He has like short hair now. I didn't even recognize him. Uh, they won, which is amazing. And then Toyota it, with their Gazoo Racing came in second. Uh, a couple guys, Sebastian Buemi and Brandon Hartley. And then Hirokawa, but Brandon Hartley, I mean, also not the same hair as he used to have, if we remember. And then Caddy. Caddy came in. We, you and I have talked about Caddy's hypercars in the past on this here podcast as a reason that they actually have like a racing pedigree. They came in third, which was amazing. And there was chaos. Even the number two car, which was their car that finished third, ended up doing donuts uh, on the track by accident in the rain. The LMP2 podium. Um, you know, not much, I would say, I, I, it was not as exciting the LMP2 race for them, but Kubica finished second. It was on the team that finished second. Um, and I think it was all pole. Is this you,
1: is this you doing a quick roundup? You promised me a quick roundup of this. And then I said, we here's could put the reason it the why
0: the G the LMGT e-cars, the, the, there was a, a team battling for first most of the night and they were right up in there and it was the iron dames. It was all women drivers. And they had a Porsche 911, and it was painted pink. And they were on it. Like I can't explain to you how great they were. They they were in first for a good portion. They ended up finishing fourth. I didn't see the very end, so I don't know what bumped them from the podium positions. I was all in on cheering for the Iron Dames. They were they they kept interviewing them. They were swearing like sailors. On the interview and they'd come back to the commentary box and and you know instead of crofty saying sorry about the fruity language as he would say uh they had an american guy who could not pronounce pujo he called it pujo basically well, or Peugeot because you can't pronounce it either yeah no well, of course not i'm american we don't sell those things here and so he he's him and his pujos and uh and he's Stop saying like, that no was, that's how he said it i don't say it that badly it's close but so anyway the point is i loved watching and cheering for these women who were so relatable because every time they interviewed them i wanted them to do even better um yeah. and anyway i would love to see i'd love to see the the susie wolf effort bring more more women into motorsport early so that they have you know the talent pool to fill the academy and things like that so it was just cool iron Dames, man they
1: they yeah i mean awesome. I- I didn't watch it, but I kept abreast of it. I was was interested to see how people were getting on. I mean, the two things that caught my eye outside of the Iron Dames were, um, you know, Ferrari shouldn't be sniffed at because not that I follow this sport that much. But to enter the race for the first time in however many years it is, um and put together a car which is fast reliable and can last the entire 24, 24 hours, hours and win it yeah. and win it is insane because normally you need to build up a bit of experience to a race like this and then come strong like you know enter for a couple of years and then win it in year three so hats off to ferrari that's amazing i just wish i could cheer leclerc winning in a ferrari but he there was there are. watching it um, the yeah great probably what taking notes on how to win, <laughs> win in a ferrari maybe um Question. but the other one was um Oh who's the the NASCAR team?
0: Yeah, the NASCAR oh, there's the NASCAR team. I forgot who it was, but Button was driving with them.
1: Button was driving it and um there was so much enthusiasm for just kind of showing that that car could compete. I don't really understand all the uh the series or the specs that they have in there, but that was in a spec of its own of like emerging technology Correct. or something. Innovative, but, an innovative um, category, Garage 56. Seems yeah. to hold up really well. And now they're all kind of saying like, is this now a, a thing that uh, Ford will join in and NASCAR will start hiving off a bit of development into putting uh, Le Mans cars in?
0: I couldn't get enough of the NASCAR. And Alanis King, who's a great follow on Twitter of an author, wrote the Haas book, Uh she was there and she kept posting these videos like in the middle of the night of like, everyone's falling asleep except every four minutes that this goes by. And it's like, you hear the race car and then you hear the NASCAR, you know, go by. And so it was, uh, it was great. I loved watching the NASCAR too. And uh, well,
1: that's a nice segue because yes. the, the thing that stood out about the NASCAR was its sheer size. Gigantic. It was massive compared Huge. to everything else. There was like a lot of a memes bit... going around it was about so Jensen Button. Like, I'm not sure anyone's noticed me yet. And it was like <laughs> their car in the middle of all these hypercars. cars, twice as big it's like, as
0: everybody else. Oh
1: my gosh. Well, that segue about size and weight, Yes. Um, George Russell is leading, uh, well, there's a whole bunch of voices in the in the F1. They're lobbying the FIA to look at lowering the weight and maybe the size of the cars as part of the 2026 changes. So the engine specs are locked and loaded, but apparently the chassis uh, stuff isn't yet. So it's kind of up for grabs that they're trying to lobby to do this. Um, they've got heavier as the years have gone buy mainly because things like the battery being included the uh, halo has added more weight and they've just generally got bigger and heavier in, in apparently in the spirit of safety but russell's there saying it's just getting stupid we're going to hit a tipping point soon where right. like the cars are so big and so bulky that now if you crash into someone at 100 miles an hour it's actually now uh, less safe than if you crashed into somebody at 100 miles an hour in a smaller lighter car because these things are like buses <laughs> when they're yeah. going around and so, you know, safety has come so far now, and these things are so strong. We've seen it from some of the awful accidents that people are walking away from, like when Schumacher's car snapped in half and all this kind of stuff, right? It's that, that I think there's a time now because I saw an overhead comparison, and this just creeps up on you, right? They were showing the 2000, early 2000 Schumacher car, the 2008, 2009 sort of Brawn era, and now the current cars on the overhead. There's like almost a negligible difference in size between the early two thousands and the mid two thousands. Yes, they're a bit bigger. And then it fast forward to the twenty twenty two
0: onwards and it's like,
1: Holy moly, they're like
0: <laughs> Oh no. So big. It would make racing at places like Monaco better, shrink the car. As long as they keep people safe, it would be Yeah. 100%. It would be tremendous. Uh agreed. All right, video vault, quickly, because I want to get to Canada. Now we're talking about Canada, 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 Canada. All right, you want to get to
1: Canada as in your thing about leaving now? Or you mean you want to talk about Canada yes. preview? Is this United? Going, Can you... I get on a flight yeah, now?
0: Right. Um, so I have five videos about Le Mans for Rob. No, I'm just kidding. I'm joking. So first off, Lando Norris and Oscar Piastri play Hide and Seek on the McLaren Channel, seven minutes. This was fun. I don't know if you got a chance to watch it. It's like, yeah. You didn't
1: yeah, like it? Oh, no, I, I, all right, I did. Oh my gosh, I'm really am turning into old man Rob. Yeah, you I uh, are. I am, you, I am because if you, so you complain about this, DRS
0: the whole time in Canada, you ain't making it back to Connecticut, bro.
1: <laughs> no, I, um, oh, I've got a third T-shirt I haven't shown you. It's all about DRS. No, I haven't. Um, <laughs> but um, I was watching this. So I thought, oh, this is fun. But then I was thinking, hey, back in the day when racers were racers, and they were just finely tuned. Uh, all they thought about was racing, you know, live, sleep, eat, breathe, racing. Um, Is that how are James these Hunt did just, it? Are, are These it? Yeah, like James Hunt. You know, even he was like, out you know, with women and, and Yeah, I know, but it's just... I don't know. I don't like to see them messing about too much. And this was just oh, stupid. This this was seven scene,
0: minutes for right? social oh. media for content. They got to make content. I know. Up,
1: I know they do. It's just like, there's content and there's content. And this was just oh, a bit man. kind of like, uh-huh. Oh.
0: So the non-curmudgeon amongst us thought it was all right. <laughs> it would, we're, check it out. It was uh, Lando's and seek. I can watch my kids so play hide-and-seek. Why do I want to watch these guys play hide-and-seek? It's no different. It just happens as they're famous. That's it. I mean, you can watch me drive up and down the street, but we're still going to Canada to watch other people drive up and down the street. That's
1: different because they have skill and you don't. So there we go, right. (laughs) But your kids are
0: professional hide-and-seekers? Oh, my kids are amazing. The Haas Triple A Pass Spanish Grand Prix. Do not watch this. It's on the Haas channel. It's nine minutes. I watch these things so you don't have to is why I do this. It's just basically behind-the-scenes footage. There's 30 seconds of Nico talking to the camera, I saw it five hours after they launched it, and I was the 673rd viewer. Period. No, com- no comma Ouch. in there. 672 people before me. There's a reason. Some of the behind-the-scenes stuff is actually quite good. This, no. Um, and then one of our favorite things from last week: Sky Sports had or Sky Sports F1 had a 10-minute interview with Lando. And the headline was, have you ever mistaken sweat for rain? <laughs> and oh, so it is only really one question towards the end. Um, it's an interview as a whole. And then they get to George's sweating. And then they actually talk about with Lando, how Lando was surprised that it happened uh, at Spain and nowhere else. Because at the other tracks, it's actually hotter and humid. And, you know, it's more likely to happen where it's dripping out of your helmet on, on your face. But they, Lando had a great laugh. Um with that. And then the last thing I had, just hitting some highlights. We always talk about Lollipop man. I left him out this week. You're welcome to if you'd like. It's great videos as always. But one thing that I cannot go to bed on Sunday nights until I've seen the funniest tweets from the current race. And so P1, uh Maddie P1, formerly of WTF one, he always did the, you know, the memes, internet's best reactions. Now it's called funniest tweets. If guys aren't watching these things, you really should be. It, it's hilarious. He does a great job recapping it. It still uses the tweets to kind of talk about the race a little bit still. Um, I love it. And uh, and a, a friend of ours on Twitter, Jaunty's Corner, has been on twice in a row. And so we, uh, we've given him some shout-outs for making it two weeks in a row. He was quite proud. But uh, anyway, those are my video vault ideas. There we
1: go so uh next up is uh preview because it'll be race week next week um yeah, where's the I'm race so again? Excited.
0: Uh, for people on youtube my I was gonna, face is now i was going to say i was
1: going to try i was going to try and downplay it and like you know pretend where's the next race but you've just no. literally blown up and squealed so um yes canada canada um, before before we get into the self-indulgent part of what we're hoping to get up to uh yes. next week Then let's just do uh, maybe a slightly extended version because we're slightly overexcited about Canada. Um, We'll do a preview of the Canadian GP. So I went back and looked at how we previewed it last year and then I I went and dug around again to see if we'd missed stuff. And we missed quite a lot, actually, Brian. Um, I actually didn't. Yeah, not a surprise at all. I didn't realize that it hasn't always been held at uh, the Gilles Villeneuve uh, circuit. I knew it had gone through a name change, which we'll come to later, but I hadn't realized that it had actually been run uh, for a number of years. started off in 1961, and it alternated between Mosport Park and Mont-Tremblant. There we go. We'll give it a little bit of a French accent there at the end. Yeah, we're in a lot um, of trouble next
0: week. I can speak a little French, accent. I can order a beer. Yeah.
1: Well, I can order a beer, and um, I can ask where the library is, um, I can order a kilo of tomatoes and I can tell people that the bird is in the tree. So I think we're absolutely sorted.
0: All right. I can ask okay, I won't even say what I can do in French. All right, keep going. Okay.
1: So um there were significant safety concerns after the seventy-seven uh, GP and they wanted right. to go and move it over to yeah, apparently there was like safety stuff. Uh and they said, Well, let's move it to Toronto. But looks like a lot of politics, a lot of failed efforts got involved. So they basically in 77, went, well, we've got to move it somewhere else. We'd better scramble and do something quickly. And they pulled together a race on a man-made island in the middle of the St. Lawrence Seaway uh, that had been made famous for the Expo of 67. And they threw a racetrack around it. went, yeah, that'll do for next year. Then we'll work <laughs> out the long-term thing going forward. And, and so became the Circuit-Ile-Notre-Dame. Um, and that was built and finished in 1978. We've talked about other tracks where we've said like they cut ground or broke ground on like year X, and then like a couple of years later it was finished, and a year after it held its first race. I mean, this was kind of like 1978 done. Now, admittedly, that could have been January 1st to December 31st, who knows? But still. Um, the first ever winner was Gilles Villeneuve. So they opened up the track and the Canadian hero went and uh, won the debut race. I'm looking at you, Lance um, Stroll.
0: Let's get on it, man. Yeah.
1: <laughs> you think Lance is going to win there this year, do you?
0: Uh, no, but you might. No, he might come third. Ben he's the third best driver.
1: Anyway, <laughs> um, and then after Gilles Villeneuve was oh. killed in qualifying for the 1982 Spa race, they renamed the track after him. So it was really only the uh, circuit Notre Dame from 78 to 82 and then it became... Uh, Gilles Vermouth track, and we've had some spicy moments down the years. Do you want to take us through a couple of these, Brian?
0: Sure, but before I do, uh, I've been to Montreal a couple of times. Have you ever been to the Notre Dame Basilica of Montreal, like the big cathedral thing? No, I've been
1: there once on business once, and it was snowing so hard that it was the first time in my life I've actually seen them bring, um, garbage trucks as i have to say over here um bringing those in and filling them up with snow and taking the snow off the streets because they'd run out of places to push the snow so i i was there for like two days and that's what i saw
0: just snow well uh if we have extra time which we won't we could go look at it but we won't because we have other things to do so um yeah a couple of these i'm actually going to go out of chronological order because i want to hit one first rob did a lot of these and i'll let you do do most of them but there was one missing from here and there are a lot of people who would be upset with you. In 2019, I think it was 19, it might've been 18, but I'm pretty sure it was 2019. Seb and Lewis got into a little back and forth, a -a tête-à-tête. I don't even think I said that right. And so they went back and forth uh, about halfway into the race, if I remember right, maybe lap 40 or so. uh, And Seb Lewis is actually pressurizing him he's getting close behind him and Seb makes a mistake and has to cut across the grass corner and I don't remember the turn number I could point to it on a map Um, and so Lewis kind of comes around and says I'm gonna take him as Seb rejoins the track and he has him and Seb comes it's it's an unsafe you know return to the track he comes flying across at a slower speed and pushes Lewis into the wall Lewis backs out smartly so he doesn't get crashed into. Seb gets a five second time penalty and Lewis stays right behind him for the rest of the race, finishes within five seconds of Seb. Seb crosses the line first. Lewis is named the winner. And when they get to park at the, um, you know, Park Fermi at the, at the I can't think, I'm so excited. Um, as they get ready to go up on the podium, Lewis is parked first and Seb's car isn't there for reasons I can't remember at this point. And so he walks over and takes the podium markers and swaps one and two in one of the most famous Seb moves of all time. He takes the two and puts it in front of Lewis's car and puts one where his car would have been. And to me, that's like a pretty interesting, you know, on track and then off track piece that uh that I thought was should have been on the list. So uh,
1: you see, I always put in best moments, not most childish petulant moments. So uh, about I love I love the, the yeah, no, I'll give you the racing on track. The Seb he didn't need to do that at the end. No, I didn't. loved Seb, but that was just pointless, really, to be honest. That was proper kind of kid having a tantrum. I'm going to swap these <laughs> round because then they'll give me the win. No, they won't. Um, <laughs> I loved it. Yes. So go so, back in time. Hit some of the good ones. Let's go back in time and, and, and we'll hit them uh, chronologically. But you know some of these. You can jump in, you know. I will, of course. Um, so Gilles Vernet, we mentioned it. He won uh, the first race and rather than uh, have the classic kind of magnum of champagne to spray over everyone, um, it was a magnum bottle of Labat 50. He sprayed everyone with beer. <laughs> Love it. Yes. They should be able to do that, right? You know how it's uh, – oh, I'm going to get this wrong now. Is it IndyCar that has the milk for the – Yes,
0: Indy 500. Ooh. It's milk. You um, can select what kind of milk.
1: Yes, that's what I was going to say. You can select what milk. kind of milk you want to drink at the end. Skim Maybe milk. each uh, track should be allowed to select what they want because really we just have – ferrari champagne everywhere apart from the countries where you can't have alcohol but I mean, maybe it should, should become a thing all right but,
0: you know what that's fine with me
1: yeah and then we talk at the moment about um you know the Stappen disappearing off into the distance and winning by miles and it really wasn't so much of a thing um but when schumacher uh, got his first win back in 94 uh, and he's still a uh, person with the most victories at this at this track uh, he's, he's won seven but in 94 he absolutely put in a masterclass and finished 33 seconds ahead of Damon Hill in second. I mean, it was, I remember watching it. It was just an absolute, every time everybody talks about like wanting to see all the best, you know, and I know yeah. nobody could ever do it, but wouldn't it be amazing to have a race where you could kind of like have Fangio, Jim Clark, uh, Senna, you know, uh, Schumacher, Hamilton, Verstappen, all like in a same race.
0: That'd be tremendous. And by the way, just so you know, Lewis also has seven wins there, but we're about to talk about him, So they both have seven. Canadian
1: victory yes. yes yeah 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 um, I'll let you do this one because this is almost a stat one it is, is a stat sat, I didn't stat know music.
0: this you found it should we do it real fast should we do a yeah, little yeah do it alright we'll get uh, we'll get this theme right here Sap Stats Canadian GP Preview Edition. So Jean Alacy joins a small group of drivers to win on their birthday in 1995 at Canada, but it was his one and only win in F1 as well. And for some reason, when I think of Jean Alacy, I think of him as a race car driver, but also as the guy who came out to Top Gear and got Jeremy fitted into the car when he did that little Lotus thing uh, and he took it around and, and he, he Jeremy enjoyed it as much as I enjoyed watching it. Jean de lacey is my private fitter for my car here. And so anyway, I uh, I did not know he won on his birthday uh, in oh, and I 95. didn't realize it was such a – it's apparently a
1: very small group. So maybe, uh, JP, if you're listening, that's a question of the day on the Discord channel yes. at some point is drivers to have won on their birthday. But also, I refuse to believe this stat because I was convinced de Lacey had won more than once. Me too. So – and every source I went to, you know, I started off with the, you know, the Holy Trinity of truth, which is obviously Wikipedia, um, because <laughs> no one can edit that. Uh, and it's like, it says race wins one. I'm like, no, that can't be right. A couple of other places, race wins one. I'm like, okay, guess he did. But
0: I mean, there are some astounding stats. Alacy only winning one time is one of them. Martin Brundle never leading a lap. Uh, yet he was a very, relatively successful driver. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of things like that that are just kind of shocking when you look at them. But anyhow, uh, in '07, Hamilton became the first black driver to ever win an F1 race, which is fantastic. Seven times, I already said seven times in Canada. But the crash that happened there that day, and you put a link to the video, and I went and saw it and watched it. It was Kubica, who I just talked about in the LMP uh, finishing second at Le Mans. It was a horrendous crash. It's kind of on the way down to the hairpin, but right before you get to the hairpin, you're kind of straightening out and uh, you're getting ready to attack the hairpin. It is a horrendous crash. As BMW Sauber, um, it first of all goes into the inside of the track, if you will, hits the concrete wall, and then starts cartwheeling and spinning and crosses the track and comes back across. And there's like no car left. And wow. he was, and Kubica, by the way, is for anyone who doesn't know, um you know almost lost his life in a rally crash which totally derailed his f1 career um which was a sparkling f1 career set to sign with ferrari if i remember right before that rally crash he only had a sore ankle and a concussion i don't know yeah. i mean like it was i'm gonna I... put this i'm gonna add this link to the video yeah. vault ones in the show notes because you've so got to watch scary. this
1: It's 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 the, I think it's the second replay where it shows it the long angle all the way down. And he comes in, as you're looking at the screen, he'll be on the right-hand side of the trap. It's uh, the left-hand side of the, as it's coming towards us. And as he leaves the track, he gets airborne for a second. The front of the car is right up. He comes probably within not many feet of it, probably being a lot worse because that concrete barrier that's got a right angle that he slams into, actually he doesn't really slam into it. If you see the front right wheel gets completely torn off the side of the car. But the nose doesn't go into the concrete, so that spins him around sideways. Then he pirouettes like over about three or four times, and like you say, like just bits of car going absolutely yeah. everywhere. Oh my gosh. We'll put it there, because you've got to watch it, because I can't believe he walked away from that with a bit of a bit of a sore head and a and a bruised ankle. Um but talk about Phoenix from the flames. Uh after that, in absolute ruins and and uh just obviously not finishing that race. Um, 2008 he comes back and he wins it. Amazing. Um now, it's apparently I, I did remember this. If you'd have asked me this before me looking into this, I would probably not have remembered it. But um, Hamilton. Um just smashes into the back of Kimi Räikkönen at the end of the pit lane at a red light where they're waiting to relaunch because uh, that was back in the day I think when they closed the pit lane for the safety car stuff right so you, yep. if you went in and pitted you had to wait at the red light before you could come back out again and Hamilton's daydreaming and thinking about his shopping list or I, I don't know what he's <laughs> thinking about but he just drives into the back of Kimi uh, in, into Kimi so that's those two are basically out
0: and uh, Kibitza goes oh thanks very much I'll have that <laughs> just would you remember the? There's an interview, you know, with Lewis as well afterwards, where he basically apologized. I apologized to Kimi for ruining his race. It wasn't something I did intentionally. I mean, he took ownership of it. I thought that was yeah. pretty cool because he was a young kid at the time. I mean, he was a young man, just second year in F1, I want to say, in McLaren. So yeah, he just went right into the back of Kimi's uh, Ferrari. Yeah, and that was Kibitz's
1: first ever uh, win, which was the first by a Polish driver and the first for BMW Sauber team. So a triple huh. first for one win. Amazing. <laughs> Here we go. Uh, what else did we find? Oh, we had um, 2011, which I kind of remembered, but apparently it's in the record books. as the longest Grand Prix on record at four hours, four minutes, and 39.537 seconds.
0: Um, a two-hour-plus so, rain delay? Yeah. You know how much again, beer did, we're going kind of, you know to drink during a two-hour rain delay? <laughs> 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 I need to get so, a second job.
1: So we had... Um, early collision um uh Hamilton and uh was out the drive-through penalty for uh Button for speeding behind the safety car then there was a two-hour rain delay uh and Button also punted uh Alonso's Ferrari at turn three and got a puncture which put him 21st and last with 30 laps to go so we've just said that Button's going to win this race <laughs> so here we are 30 laps back uh 19 laps left um and this is where we all love drying tracks right 19 laps to go. Button just throws, rolls the dice and goes, screw it. Wet tires for slicks. Like, jump the inters. We're just going to go wet to slicks. Uh, and his six thick- Final pit stop, he puts those uh, slicks on and just starts absolutely rocketing it up the uh, leaderboard. Then another safety car uh, comes into play, which manages to get Button up to second with Vettel uh, right in front of him. And I remember this. They were absolutely following. Button was following, 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 following. Is he isn't he going to get him? Uh, and then finally coming on turn six on the last lap. Uh, and got him, and that is. I, I I remember that race. I don't remember the long, the length of it for some reason. History has have taken that out of my brain. Um, but I do remember Button chasing down Vettel I, on that race. I don't remember sports. this
0: race at all for some reason. Like
1: I like remember back in twilight years when you. I guess you I, I remember the, one.
0: the 07 race that we talked about in O eight, but in eleven I got nothing. Anyway, <laughs> seriously, if the race is four hours and four minutes and thirty nine point five three seven seconds uh my ass will be asleep from sitting in that chair that long i, gotta I just get, hope it would be
1: i just around. hope it would be and 39.538 seconds so at least we can so say the the longest longest ever. Ever. yeah exactly
0: <laughs> uh in 14 danny rick takes his first win uh lewis had to retire with an mguk failure nico was out there with an underpowered car and uh danny rick apparently passed Checo for second place and use the momentum to push himself up towards Rosberg's rear end and, again, underpowered. He also had an MGUK failure. And Danny Rick made the pass on the second-to-last lap for the lead and secured his first-ever F1 win. So a lot of firsts at Canada. Yeah. I mean, what, what's the first we're going to see?
1: Oh, I don't know. First dirty side flag uh, coming loose from the side of the track and uh, <laughs> wrapping itself around a car. And, oh, God, uh, we could you imagine
0: if... <laughs> Could you imagine if we tie the, those <laughs> flags up and one of them ends up on the track? I feel so embarrassed. We'd have to stop the pod.
1: I think we might have to cancel the uh, flag attachment to barriers yeah. idea, just yeah. in case. It's,
0: yeah, maybe. Uh, and then um, the last thing, I already mentioned the 19 race, but Rob, talk about the Wall of Champions. I love uh, this little piece of the track, this piece of history.
1: It's, it's an innocuous-looking corner, really. And if you play the F1 game... If you're anything like me, i.e., not very good at it, it's amazing how many times you actually do mess that last corner up and don't get the line right through it. Uh, And if you slow down, yeah, and if you slow down to take it okay, that's fine. You can easily miss the wall, but then you just sacrifice loads of lap time. It's a real deal breaker. So you come down the very last, then back straight, uh, heading towards the pit lane, and then there's a very tight right left uh, chicane. And the perfect line is to basically come out of that corner with maximum pace and kiss. The wall as you go by you know a nice little kind of like we saw in monaco i think when they were tearing all the uh, advertising hoarding down off the off the barriers that's the ideal line through it but it's been nicknamed the wall of champions and it got that name back in 99 when it claimed three world champions in the same uh race damon hill jacques villeneuve and michael schumacher all kissed the wall a little hard um and it's claimed a lot of people down down the years it's just a fabulous corner um and I, I'm looking forward to the fact that we're all we're going to be sat just a few hundred yards down from the Wall of Champions. Maybe we'll see somebody uh, kiss the wall a little hard as well. So Unbelievable. Because we're going, by the way, Brian, in case you forgot.
0: Where, where are we going? So last year's race, Max, Fernando, Carlos took Quali. It was a mix of well, rain. So we had some wet tires and enters. The podium was Max, Carlos and Lewis. It was a great race to the end last year because Carlos was on fresher tires and only about a second or so behind Max. Kind of pushing, Um Checo had an off. Now I'm trying to remember if it was in Quali or the race. and He had to walk back through the woods. Um, oh yeah, on yeah, the side that was of the quite track. Meme-worthy. Yeah, that was I so meme worthy. It's like he, he, race track track through the woods, St. Lawrence Seaway, and like <laughs> there's Checo just wandering back, literally through the woods. Um, As we said. As I said, Lewis and Schumacher, both, uh, Michael, not Mick, uh, both with seven wins each in Canada. The only other active drivers to win at the Montreal GP or Canadian GP in Montreal, I should say, are Max and Fernando, who have both only won once. The cool thing, uh, as I've pointed out, sometimes you have to be near the front to win. They've had winners from every grid spot in the top 10 except ninth. So one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, ten. 10. Have all thanks, won thanks for clarifying the that. Canadian GP, and less than half, but barely, less than half the time has the pole sitter won, but barely. It's like forty-eight point something odd percent. So, granted, those stats did not have Max in a Red Bull in today's environment in it, but uh, there is hope. And so, in case you didn't hear, we're going to be there uh, next week, and so the pod next week won't come out till Monday. Um, we've kind of debated how we're going to do this. Uh, you'll have to wait and see for the the result, but Monday will be when it gets published, not Sunday, um, because we will be busy recording and um, probably drinking some beers and figuring out how to get around Montreal and do other things. But so I, I got to say one thing before we forget. Lynn, thank you for giving us this opportunity to to buy the tickets from you and go so that you can keep them for years p- future. Thank you for this opportunity. We are so excited. I cannot explain it to you all how excited we are so um thank you to lynn uh, for the opportunity and so rob keep going i'm just so excited
1: i mean so the idea for next week and god knows if we're going to pull this off correctly or not so apologies in advance if next week is an absolute cluster of a show but um we're going to abandon the normal format in terms of trying to do a race review because we're going to be there. And we've both got to travel back on the Monday, so we're not going to be able to kind of record a proper race review. So it's, we're going to try to go for something along the lines of a Top Gear slash Grand Tour kind of special where it's Bozo's on tour. Uh, lots of kind of, hopefully, recordings of uh, both of our journeys there, meeting up, seeing the track for the first time, grabbing any people sitting around us as we can for interviews, uh whatever happens uh it will be a show next week uh there might be a lot of background noise we're taking our mic so that we can plug into our phones and try to do some racetrack uh recording so let's see how it goes like i say could be an absolute cluster but the plan is we are there for all three days um we've got a bit of a sprint on to try to make it for free practice one um which, I, you know what, Brian, I've, I've kind of come to peace with that because that's the kind of practice that I usually don't watch all of anyway, right? We try to get it and watch it if it can fit in around our uh, day. But, you know, if we miss a bit of it, we miss a bit of it. We are there all Friday afternoon for all the support events. I've just seen the schedule. I didn't realize so much happens at a race weekend outside of uh, F1, so I can't oh, wait to see all great. those other support. Yeah, it's going to be great. Uh, By the time FP2 happens,
0: we'll have been at the track for a handful of hours, had a couple beers... A burger or two or whatever—I don't know—something, uh, something to eat, some fries, some poutine. Never know. We've we'll had an opportunity to enjoy and settle in, and we will be. I mean, it'll be perfect. I don't care if it's raining or cold or hot. I don't care. I don't care. I'm just weather I'm,
1: forecast at know. the moment has got chance of a little potential chance of rain on Friday, but looking like dry Saturday and Sunday. So um, we are sat on grandstand one so it looks like we're across from the pit lane so we'll have a perfect view of the start of the race and if we look to the left we'll see the wall of champions up there so yeah i I absolutely cannot wait i absolutely cannot wait to both be there and then hopefully try to record something that maybe makes you guys feel like you're there with us but probably not so but we'll give it our best we'll see what we can pull out of the fire um but yeah i'm i just i i'm all i'm counting down the sleeps now to uh to go in this week so we've got a couple of t shirts uh we've got some uh dirty side of the track t-shirts for us to wear a couple of them so obviously keep an eye on the TV see if you can see us Brian's got two huge flags for us to wave around as well with the
0: dirty side logo on and we don't want to be um, annoying to our neighbors so we're going to be like you know you know it's not going to be on all the time but we will wave the flags as best we can when well, we can
1: I, I was kind of thinking what we need to do is this yeah. we got to try to talk to pit lane Paul about his ability to get into the background of shots on TV right he's always walking <laughs> past in the background uh that's what we need to do we won't annoy people that we sat with with the flags but if we're walking around and we see some TV cameras interviewing people, we get in the background, get our flags yeah, going. Yeah, that uh, sounds perfect.
0: See if we can get our flags on TV. <laughs> going to be great. So everybody, check this space a week and a day uh, from now. And uh, we cannot, cannot wait. I'm so excited. This is, You know, I got one last thing to say, and then I'll, I'll let you close it out, Rob. Um, a couple years ago, when we started working together, or at least started talking F1 on Monday mornings, and we're in different parts of the country, and I didn't know you and you didn't know me, uh, and we realized we were both F1 fans. And then I had that Thanksgiving drunken idea to start a podcast. And it has built my appreciation for F1 from a fan to a fan who's a fanatic. Um, and I really enjoy it in a good way. Like I really... Isn't,
1: isn't that what fans short for anyway? But know. Anyway, no, I like the but like, You know
0: what I mean by it. It's like <laughs> more than just uh, I watch casually. And so I'm having so much fun. And the fact that Lynn listened to us and had this opportunity for us. And you and I realized we've never been for a million different reasons why. And we're able to make this happen in a cost-effective manner uh, is humongous. Like I can't, this wouldn't have happened if we hadn't had those conversations. I'd still be in offer in terms of going to an F1 event if we hadn't started this. And for everybody, all the dirty siders like us listening, um, thank you for listening. And just know that uh, as As the two bozos who sit here talking into the mic i 'm appreciative of all of you because kind of gave us the energy and oomph to make this happen, so i'm pumped man and thankful and appreciative and i'm going on a work trip i'm not going to pay a lick of attention at the work trip this week i 'm just going to be thinking about Canada the whole time
1: yeah and and to i We could probably carry on going and going and going about how excited we are. So let's uh, draw a line under that. The only thing I'm going to say just before we kind of uh, sign off for the week is I'm really hoping it comes true. Pitlane Paul said it last week in the end of his review. He said he's looking forward to catching up uh, with us two for a beer. And as stupid as this sounds, the three of us have never been in the same place at the same time, Brian, you've never even met Paul, right? Nope, you've never only spoken him to first. him
0: over over episodes that we've recorded. So well, I've talked to him on WhatsApp, it, and we made fun of you that time. But it's correct. Uh,
1: yeah, exactly. But I just think that would be so cool just to get the three of us together, share a pint. If we can record the pit lane Paul uh, review in real time, face to face, that would be amazing. But it might not happen. But just you know, it'll be great to just catch up with Paul and raise a beer to him because of all the stuff he's done for us. He's been brilliant, and I want to buy him a beer. So yeah, me too. Um,
0: Paul, your beers are free when you're with us, man.
1: Yeah, but you can't stay with us all weekend because we haven't got that much money.
0: (laughs) Oh, everyone have a great week, Rob. I'll see you soon, man, in real life.
1: Yes, baby.